You're listening to The Complete Guide to Termina, which is a podcast about Majora's Mask. Today on podcast, we're going to talk about, because uh, we just got done with the Termina field, and we're like exploring what's the next place to go in the game, why it's the swamp, of course. Yeah, the game sends you deep into the swamp pretty quick by a number of means we've talked we've talked about we've talked about how the game does that yes i they kind of just tell you to go there yeah but also like there's a lot of pointing towards it less direct even than that which Mm. is fun uh for one thing you can't go anywhere else (laughs) that's that is true uh through normal means no so um, I, I said when we were talking about Termina Field that you can't see the mountain of Woodfall from Termina Field. And it turns out you also can't see it when you take your first step toward the swamp and you end up on uh, the map that is sometimes called the Swamp Trail or the Swamp Road. I have it in my it's, notes as Road to Southern Swamp. Uh, this seems like the kind of place where they should let you know let you see the thing up ahead um if we go back to the uh disneyland analogy the mountains that represent the you know major focal points and dungeons of each of these zones um they should be showing you that mountain at this point don't you think i maybe not um i don't think that in the games like geography that the mountain that wood falls in or wood i guess it's wood falls the mountain rates as a very big uh like landmark or like not landmarks not the word i don't think the game thinks it's very tall oh interesting okay or it's like Um, you know it's not going to be looming in the distance like you know snowhead which we'll get to it's much uh it's it's shorter than that so i think the game like isn't correct imagineering to make it be that tall i guess so but i'm not an imagineer well i have a soft theory that the woodfall mountain was added to the game fairly late okay um which uh i guess i was gonna say we'll get into why i think that later but um, a couple reasons that I think it makes more sense to share right now. You can't see it from Termina Field. You can't see it from this road where it should be just ahead. Um, you can't see it from on top of the ranch house at Romani Ranch. And at Romani Ranch, they very specifically have, you can see the mountains to the north. You can see Stone Tower to the east. And you can see like the rocks, like the cliffs or whatever surrounding the great bay to the west and from up there even if woodfall is not actually that tall you should be able to see that mountain from up there but they don't add it and i think that might be because it wasn't originally there it could be that or it could be that if you were to make a height map of the different structures in majora's mask uh woodfall would just be just just right under the line you must the be this tall. Line. You must be this tall to be visible in another map. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not convinced, Zach. Well, neither am I, but that doesn't stop me. Okay. 
Uh, so let's talk about what's actually at the Swamp Trail. You enter and there are some choo-choos to fight and there is a tree. I So I love this area. Um, it's very good for what it needs to do. This, yeah. this is a liminal space, right? Uh, kind of, yeah. This is a, a passing way th- point, passing through point that doesn't have any like real value on its own, but is cool mostly that tree i think the tree is a huge part of it um we could compare it to one of our favorite things to compare things to the like corridors in metroid prime uh yeah maybe except that it has actual interesting stuff going on which it's one of the better corridors yeah it's not the Um, corridor leading to the 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 impact crater no it's one of the Um, good ones in like talon overworld at least the one in, uh, oh wait, Impact Crater. Which one am I thinking of? Uh, leading the one leading to the temple has that, like a. Oh. Is that what you're talking? That's about? That's the one I meant. That's the one I meant. Okay. The long. That one has one. something to scan in it, at least, right? Or are we I talking? No, about that's a, that's after. Oh, there's that one too. I was thinking of the long, boring one that is specifically to hide a load screen. Oh, okay. And then after anyway. that one is the glass one. This is not a Metroid Prime podcast, as no. much as I keep trying to turn it into one, sorry. The thing is, the <laughs> the passages in Metroid Prime are, yes, they're about, um, they're, they're needed for load times. This place is exists as a transition from the kind of, like, bright green open Termina field to the claustrophobic poisonous swamp. Right. And it creates a sense of actually going out on an adventure and having something to traverse instead of just, you know, cross the line and now you're at the swamp zone. Yep. Um, The tree is great. I think that, like, the first time you enter this zone, there's a little cut scene that shows you that there's a piece of heart on top of the tree. Am I wrong about this? It's it's been a while. I don't remember if it does that or not, but... Uh, this game is really good about like making it easy to go back and check stuff, except for those cutscenes when you enter a for place for stuff. the first time. Uh huh. Um, it's a big dead tree. We should mention it's just like no leaves. Uh, and there's a big flat like <laughs> polygon style trunk or flat trunk on top uh, that you can. There's a piece of heart on there, and it creates this pretty good puzzle. Where you're like, oh, I'll climb up there and get that piece of heart. And then there are some bats who say, no, you won't. I love, okay. You have to, yeah. These bats are great because they're not keys. No. They're, they're called not. bad bats. I don't know why. They were called keys in Ocarina of Time, right? Well, okay, no, keys, I'm pretty sure keys exist in this game. Say what? I think that's true. Where, I have, if I, not, I, Zach, I, I, you did your research. I, uh, I well, no, I did my research, and now I'm doubting my research. Because mm. did sure. some wiki say that keys are in this game because there are bats? No, there are keys in this game. Okay, where? I don't remember exactly where. Don't they have elemental keys in this game? Yeah. Um, no, they exist. Fire and ice keys. Yeah. So keys exist. I think they're in dungeons and stuff. Um, I can Beneath see, the I, will, I, I, Stone Tower Temple. 
beneath the well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stone Tower then, Temple. So if you um, knock the fire off of a fire keys with your shield, does it transform into a bad bat? No. They're separate models. Oh. So we have oh a separate gosh. bat entity in addition now to the traditional keys. Crazy. And they're just called bad bats, and they're just like an entirely black polygon. It's great. Uh, they're... They're camouflaged. They're better at camouflage than keys, apparently. And so it creates this puzzle where, like, a classic Zelda quote-unquote puzzle is you have to defeat all the enemies to progress. Here, um, you have to you have to defeat or somehow avoid these bats to get this piece of heart, but not in, like, a strict Zelda way where killing all the monsters just causes something to unlock the the bats are actually guarding something like in breath of the wild i was gonna say actually this is much more of a breath of the wild style puzzle of just using objects in the environment that are less artificial yeah absolutely it's a more naturalistic kind of thing there's also a Wolfos here. Does it only show up at night? It, I think it remember. only shows up at night. And uh, in Ocarina of Time, a Wolfos was almost always, maybe always, a mini boss that is like <laughs> keeping a door locked, you know? And here, this Wolfos just shows up to be mean, and killing it doesn't get you anything, uh, but you feel kind of like you. <laughs> You feel like you should do something about it instead of just running away or running through, although that's an option. Uh, there's a, a guy here. It's Tingle. Oh, yes. We talked about Tingle. I don't think we have anything new to say about him. I Maybe even, we may have already mentioned this, but it's kind of interesting that the map of where you are is pretty cheap and then maps of places you'll visit later are more expensive um which is yep. a fun choice you know you get to think well do i want that map i'm gonna want that map eventually and maybe you will spend 40 rupees on it and then feel dumb but then realize that there aren't, isn't much use for rupees in this game right 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 but i mean that's very much a playing the game the first time yeah you're there like what's snowhead i haven't i don't even know what that place is yet yeah that's rad and that's then you good. get it you can't do anything with it yet but you know it's good it's foreshadowing go. future places awesome um i don't games hate to do that right oh you, they never want to give you a map of somewhere you haven't been yet i'm thinking hard about that I'm trying to, I, I'm having trouble thinking of games that have maps in this way that aren't Zelda or like open world games where you have to go to the place to get the map of the place. I was thinking of Hollow Knight. Okay. Where uh, they do a bunch of really cool things with how maps work, but they definitely like you when, after you get to a place, you have to do some work to get the map of that place. And uh, the idea of, well, you know, I could just give you the map for like two areas ahead of here is anathema to Hollow Knight's philosophy of maps. Should I play Hollow Knight? Uh, with the caveat that I'm bad at games. Um, 
I'm not sure if I'm bad at games, but I'm bad at Hollow Knight. It seems hard from an outsider perspective. Yeah. Um, and it's I the like, kind of thing where like it'll last you a long time because of how hard it is, and then you'll be like, wow, I got my money's worth. Eh, I have a pretty low tolerance for challenge these days. Yeah, you would rather play a bunch of a bunch of games to get like a more a broader perspective, and you would like that for them to be easy games for babies. And like six hours long. Anything so that you get than... a broad perspective of short baby games. If I have to play something longer than like six hours, I get grumpy because I'm a baby. Yeah. We should move on. Oh, no, we got to talk about there's uh, other stuff over here. There's other the stuff over here. You There's a little like extra jag off the main track and there is a bunch of trees. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's Nintendo 64 version of. This is a deep forest, which is there are eight trees here and then there are <laughs> impassable walls. Uh-huh. We're going to tell you that there's more trees as like a big fuzzy texture. Um, and past the trees, things are different between the Nintendo 64 and 3DS versions. Less than you would think. Okay. I, I, I just ran through the 64 version of the areas we're talking about today before we recorded and so I can say definitively that in the 64 version, there's a, that path we talked about with a little pond with some fish in it and some spring water. Uh, and then there's a entrance to a business. Mm-hmm. The change they made to the 3DS version is they added a second business right next to it. Uh, no change in geography. They just put another facade on a what was a stone wall before. Interesting. Okay, yeah. because I was, I don't have the N64 version handy, uh, and the N64 version has not been added to Noclip, which we need. Let's petition Noclip to do that for us. I, we might be able to do that, actually. I think there's a way. Anyways. Okay. Um, instead, I looked at a map um, on in like Zelda Dungeons walkthrough, and it was a map of, it's a, like a painted map, right? Oh, I don't know. And, I didn't look at those, but I bet. There's some cool stuff that came out of like a player's guide or something. Yeah, it's scanned from a player's guide, I'm pretty sure. Cool. But the scale is not good. <laughs> um, and it makes it look like the the little pond with spring water and fish in it is like a very big part of this area that has like, it's like almost as if they replaced that with the stone wall where the entrance to the fishing place is now in this game no as far as i could tell it's pretty much they just slapped a new facade on the wall yeah they painted that bad and they painted some other stuff bad um but we'll talk about no we won't we won't talk about it we have to we'll talk about the actual game um let's talk about the shooting gallery first okay this is the good shooting gallery yeah we forget that one in town uh this one is the good one um, I wanted to mention real quick before we talk about the contents that this shooting gallery is run by the guy from the bazaar in Ocarina of Time. Okay. And then the one in town is run by the shooting gallery guy from Ocarina of Time. Uh, they share ah. a, essentially the same model with some changes. It's like the same frame or whatever. Okay. And in this game, the guy running this shooting gallery has almost like a either a Cockney or Australian accent. I believe you. I just don't remember okay. that. 
he has he has a you know unique way of uh i think he says awk sometimes which is not really a cockney or australian thing i was looking at the text dump i can pull it up again um he interestingly like has not been outside of the shooting gallery so he doesn't know what's going on in the outside world um and he like asks you hey what's going on out there uh what does he oh the shooting gallery itself is rad um it's like a whole little play that they put on i guess yeah it's very much like you are shooting into a diorama as opposed to just targets he doesn't say awk he says what w-o-t oh he's definitely cockney okay um uh, I ain't seen nothing but you, mate. Is something happening outside? What? You don't even have a bow, mate. I'm reading through the text dump, so those lines are not actually connected in game. Um, he just yells at you. Uh, it, well, it looks like you gotta try a beat harder, mate. The beat is spelled out B-E-E-T, uh, which made me wonder if this is uh, Australian. But um, yeah, there's a diorama. There's um, little, like, vignettes of a bunch of uh, scrubs show up here for you to shoot. And then some birds go fly by for you to shoot. And then the wolf goes through for you to shoot. And th- sometimes there will be, like, the one Deku scrub off to the side. Yeah. That you didn't see at first. And you have to make sure to shoot that guy. And you kind of have to learn... Like, I mean, you have to learn the patterns in the town shooting gallery as yeah. well. Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. more dynamic and interesting and cool in this one. Yep. I, it's it's just cute and fun. Um, much like the other shooting gallery, it's much easier in the 3DS version when you have motion controls. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's still a lot of fun. It's cute. I like it. It's fun when you get, like, a cute minigame. You know which um, minigame I like is I like that. Um, remember the baseball minigame from Link Between Worlds? Yeah. This feels in the same vein. Yeah, yeah. In that um, I like it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind. It's more creative than Hit These Targets. Yep. Which is what a lot of minigames in Zelda are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'd almost say, like, w- do, do you feel the same way about the treasure chest? minigame uh yeah i would agree okay that's a that's a good one that's cute and flexible and has a good hook to it so yeah yeah ranking of minigames uh no (laughs) no a lot of them would just be in the not we're talking about pile yeah um so there's there's this shooting gallery and it's good but then in 3d you get another minigame in this zone this marks like a a pretty big departure. We've talked about how in the 3DS version of Majora's Mask, they, as opposed to the Ocarina of Time version for 3DS they did where they were very faithful to the original, the Majora's Mask, they just kind of went wild with doing some stuff. Uh, and yeah, yeah. That's extremely evident that they put in two different fishing pawns into this video game. <laughs> it's remarkable. Um, the first of the two is here. This is the swamp fishing hole. 
it's extremely the, the same idea as the Ocarina of Time fishing hole, though with some differences. There's a, a lot more different kinds of fish, and the kinds of fish show up with a lot of different criteria, um, but a lot of times you have to just kind of come and go and come and go to get them to uh, appear. Hmm. Uh, also, you can switch freely between a regular lure and a sinking lure. Okay. And uh, in, here in Termina, they don't care if you're using a sinking lure. That's not cheating. It's just fishing. <laughs> They understand this. Now, I have to say, I'm not like you where I just want to do fishing and games all the time. And so I have basically no experience with the fishing in this game. Uh, I just ignore it because I guess mostly because I wanted to play Majora's Mask 3DS so that I could replay Majora's Mask. Yeah. And so when they tell you, and you can fish, I'm like, but I'm busy. I'm playing this. I want to play this game. So <laughs> don't distract me with fish. The So the fishing in this game is like one thing too many. Right. And okay. I think they understand that because they didn't. There's a few like reward items in the game in Majora's Mask 3D that have been shuffled around a little bit. Uh-huh. Um. But they when they so they chose to make some changes to like what tasks or mini games or quests to give you what items. Yeah. They chose not to do that in a way that would make the fishing ponds have any like real rewards. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can hundred percent this game by some definition without ever touching the fishing holes. Yeah. Uh, I I did try and play a bunch of the fishing holes so that. We, I, I could talk about them. I did not get close to 100. Well, I got close to 100%ing the swamp fishing hole. And it took enough time for me to realize that I wasn't going to finish it. And I definitely was not going to do that for the uh, ocean fishing hole. Ah, uh, okay. I might still go play a little bit more of that before we get there. Because uh, I didn't spend very much time at the ocean one. But I did spend plenty of time here at the swamp. Uh, the swamp is made of like two separate little ponds. There's some lily pads that'll let you get to a little, like, stump outcropping that you can fish from. The other major difference is that, like I said, there's different fish. It's In Ocarina of Time, you had just, like, standard fish and the loach. Yeah. They thought it would be way more fun to put a whole bunch of different fish in the game. And, like, I agree in, th- I agree in theory, but... In practice, it's a little uh, onerous. Hmm. Um, because a lot of them, when you enter the fishing pond, it only spawns so many fish. And so you have to just keep exiting and entering and exiting and entering at different times to try and oh, cycle to the fish you need. Fun. Yeah, it's not great. Um, the The cute thing they did, though, is... Like, you have, like, a standard... You have a couple, like, standard fish. So here in the Swamp Fishing Hole, there's the Termina Bass. There's the Loach. Um, there's a Carp. But then there's a bunch of, like, specialty fish that all require some kind of gimmick, which is usually wearing a mask. That's and it's like, cool. If you wear that mask, that fish likes that. 
uh, mask, so it'll show up. If it's if it's already present in the pond, it's not going to, like, materialize if you just put oh, it on. That's not as cool. No. So you've got, what do we got here? The groovy carp, that's just a common. The sweet ranch fish shows up with Epona's song. There's one for the postman's hat, Romani's mask, mask of sense. When you um, look at cetera, other parts of the game where Grezzo was just having fun, goofing off, adding all these textures and stuff to like deepen the detail, it makes me think that they added this fishing stuff just for their own satisfaction. Maybe. Um, and it's what ends up happening here is that fishing in Ocarina of Time is fun because it's this weird thing that they added in that you can spend, you know, maybe 30 minutes tops messing around with mm -hmm. before you realize that you've exhausted all of the depth of what is going on here. Yeah. Depth being a play on fishing. Apparently. Interesting. Um, yes. They didn't change any of the central mechanics of the fishing in Majora's Mask, so it's still the same thing. And that's really evident by they put in boss fish. And catching a boss fish is, like, no different than catching a regular fish, other than they're harder to get them to show up. Huh. And they take huh. longer to reel them in. That's, like, it. So... You really run up against the limitations of the system they had in play because they weren't going to like make new mechanics for this. <laughs> they weren't going to like revamp the fishing system. So they kind of used every tool they had to get a little more out of it. And it's, you know, it's there. You could you could play this. You could catch Lord Chapu Chapu. That's fun. I like that. You catch a coelacanth. That's also fun. Um, uh, they have a they have a reek fish here, which is a reference to a the same fish in Twilight Princess. Oh, that's good. That's that's. I think good there's stuff. I think there's one other reference in the in the other fishing hole that we'll get to, but I don't know. My the other thing to mention about these is there are a lot of places where the game will give you a fishing pass, a voucher for a fishing hole, in place of like where a mini game that you've already beaten would give you like 50 rupees or something. Yeah. They find um, a lot of places to give you vouchers. That's nice. Except for yeah. when, well, let's talk about it next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, we should move on to the main event. Yeah. Let's walk down the actual trail to the Southern swamp. And now we get the, cutscene that shows us whoa there's a big volcano looking thing up there the mountain that we call woodfall is has got like a crater like a volcano and but there's just like mist or something coming out of it is that supposed to be liquid or what there's an animation of stuff. The texture is animated so that something is flowing down the sides of the mountain. Is that not the poison coming down? I don't think so, because I think there's still stuff flowing down after you beat the boss. Water or miasma or something? Let's see. Something. I don't know. Um, now you're in the southern swamp. 
you get some creepy music. Uh, you see the the tourist information hut yeah. nearby. There's a big building on stilts. That's kind of the first thing you're going to go over to. I guess we have to talk about now the big change. At least for me, it's the big change oh, in the okay. PBS version. In, in my head, I was going to uh, talk about that in the other spot. <laughs> yeah. Because that's where my brain's at. That's funny. Right. Um, but like when you end, like I think it's a pretty big trigger zone um, for you to get close to this um, carved rock in the 3DS version that's right by the entrance to the swamp. And when you go there, um, Kepora Gabora the Owl is here. And he teaches you the Song of Soaring, which you can use to teleport between owl statues. And this is super valuable uh, because it eliminates a lot of travel time in a game where time is very valuable. In the Nintendo 64 version, this rock with this song on it and this encounter with Kepora Gabora is way the heck on the other side of Woodfall Mountain. And you have to like do a bunch of questing and platforming to get to it. They basically it's, put it an hour earlier in the game. Yeah, that's that's basically what it is. Is it's you would still run across it in normal gameplay, but after you do a bunch of the other stuff we're going to talk about uh, today and next week. So it's strange. Like my instinct is to dislike this change because it's making things easier, but. I don't know if, like, there's a really compelling reason that it should be in that less convenient place. I think when I was playing the 3DS version for the first time, I took, like, umbrage with this initially, but now that... Because, like, uh, why are you... Who do you think I am (laughs) that I need to have this handed to me? But, like, enough time has passed now that that's not one of the changes I think about at all. I'm just like, yeah, of course you make that change. It's fine. Um, I've moved on. Well, when you say, of course you make that change, it is interesting to me that, like, why is it... Sure, it's, like, more convenient, but... There's all kinds of stuff you could do to make things more convenient. You could put the Song of Soaring in Clock Town. Uh, So why is this, like... It's such a specific and yet, like, very fine tune that it does make me wonder what the thought process is. It wouldn't be Clocktown. That'd be too soon. There'd be nowhere else to warp to. It has to be the first place you go that's not Clocktown. Ah. And there was already, I think, there might have already been an owl statue there, so them just switching it from one owl statue to a different owl statue. Yeah. They just moved okay. it to the the first owl statue you'd see in the first area that's not Clocktown. Um. Which functionally, again, only saves Wait, you like an hour or whatever. I so. don't think that's right. Because is, okay, the clock, the owl statue is in the same place in both versions, right? I think, yeah, I think there is an owl statue in the same place in both those versions, yes. So they just moved the learning the song to the location of that owl statue instead of it being way out on the side of the mountain. Where there's also, statue. I think it's also near an owl, or maybe it's not near an owl statue. There either. can't be because there's only one owl statue per zone. 
That means it's in. Okay, okay. I don't there's know that one that's up in Woodfall, but there's can only be one Southern Swamp Owl statue. Okay. I don't know. Regardless, I I don't I don't this the change does not bother me anymore. It doesn't bother me anymore, but it puzzles me. Anyway, um, the tourist information shack I want to say is here. Uh, it's a house on stilts. It looks really cool. There is a business scrub who yeah. wants to like do business in the city. And so this is step two of what this game wants you to call a trading sequence. It is a trading uh, sequence. It's just not a... Interesting trading sequence. Well, it's not interesting in the context of like previous trade sequences, which are the straw millionaire thing of starting with something small and getting something big. This is just a link as a ruthless real estate <laughs> entrepreneur uh, manipulating the market to get like two pieces of hearts. Four pieces of heart, Zach. Yeah. Actually, five. Because there's a piece of heart on the balcony outside the, on the uh, yeah. clock tower. So yep. there's, there's five total pieces of heart. How about that? Okay. Um, we should go there's inside. There's a piece of heart on top of the shack, which yeah. is interesting. These pieces of heart that are just out in plain sight waiting for you to figure out how to get up there. Um, inside the shack, we've got, who is this guy? He is Tingle's dad. I think he's just called Swamp Information Guy. Is he a Ocarina of Time guy, though? He's got that same, like, that build, but I don't think he is a guy straight out of that game. Okay. A lot of guys using that same, like, upper torso muscular architecture. I guess. Uh, he's Tingle's dad, but we don't know that yet. Or do we? Maybe the first thing he says is grumbling about, what's my son doing, that weirdo? Um, but he is running a contest at the Tourist Information Zone where uh, you want to take pictures with the pictograph box. They invented the pictograph box. I think we should point out that... Wait, is it true? Shoot. Dang. Did Link's Awakening Deluxe come out before or after Majora's Mask? Oh, well before. Okay. D Deluxe did. Yeah, well before. Okay. So in Deluxe, there is a mouse with a camera. And, you know, it's it's like... If you want to get into... Not that I'm saying you want to get into. If you want to get into the stupid question of technology in Zelda games... Then the introduction of a photographer into Link's Awakening is a very fuzzy addition because the game is a dream, spoiler alert, and the photographer is like this new goofy feature that's just for the remake that you can like kind of hand wave away. But here, the photography technology is integrated into the plot of the game. And, and it's not treated as like just a camera. It's like this weird, yeah, yeah. It's like its own technology thing. Yeah, steampunky like uh, camera that is like all riveted together. It looks really cool. It's cute, and you can use this to take pictures, and then you bring it back here and you try to get prizes. Only humans are allowed to participate in this contest, 
and only humans are allowed to go on the boat tour of the swamp. So there's something weird going on where <laughs> they <laughs> they don't want you to like be human link or uh, Deku link when you're doing certain activities, but they frame it as this is for humans only uh, in a way that's kind of bizarre. Um, what else? You can show him. It's one of two photos to get a heart piece. Um, and I didn't know about the second one until I was looking it up before this. Yeah, I'm not clear on which ones get you a heart piece and which one get you like money. But let's go through it. Um, he wants. I always, to... I always yeah. give. Oh, go ahead. Well, he like wants you to take a picture of something from the swamp. Yes. So impressive stuff from outside of the swamp he doesn't care about. So I always would give him a picture of Tingle to get a heart piece. Yeah. And he just is like, oh, that's my son. He's annoying to me, but still I love him anyways. That thing. Um, he's still like dressing up like a fairy and floating around on a balloon. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good character moment. And it like... <laughs> It really um, elevates Tingle's character in a way that like pushes him toward the stardom that he will later enjoy in a way that he can't do by himself as just a guy floating around. Yeah, Tingle works better when he has familial figures to push on. Yeah. To to, to like embarrass or otherwise like burden. <laughs> Quite. So yeah, that's that's one way you can impress the uh, man. Um, the the obvious thing to take a picture of that he doesn't get very impressed by is the big octo that's blocking the path. There's yeah. a big octrack that's messing up the uh, path of the you know swamp circuit, um, and so he like tell you about that and not give you a very good prize or there's a third thing yeah this i didn't know but apparently you can give him a photo of the deku king and he thinks that rules um i wish there were if there's a hint in this game that that's something you can do i don't know where that hint is i think it's just implicit on he wants you to take a picture of something cool in the swamp and the coolest thing to him is going to be the hardest thing to take a picture of in the swamp for a human uh yeah because he mentions like humans aren't allowed in the court of the deku king so how could you even have taken this photo well we'll find out um so yeah um the <laughs> This technology or like mechanic of a pictograph box and taking a picture of something, um, it gets used a little more later on in the game and it gets developed a lot more in uh, Wind Waker uh, to a point that uh, it becomes, you know, a cool part of Zelda. And then in um, Breath of the Wild, the your tablet also lets you take pictures and you can do cool quests with that. Uh, now, I haven't played Skyward Sword or um, the gothic one. Twilight Princess. Neither Are... of them have, neither of those games have picto boxes. Oh, well, that's why I haven't played them. They're joyless. 
<laughs> There's supposed to be something else going on at the tourist information shack. There's supposed to be a swamp tour shooting gallery. But the lady in charge is not to be seen. Where could she be? Where could she be? Well, if you continue along through the swamp, then you'll find a little twisty path that leads you to this cool <laughs> elevated house that's shaped like a teapot or something. I don't know exactly what it's shaped like. Like some kind of, yeah, something you could pour something out of. Yeah. Um, a decantering device. And it has greenish or like weird colored smoke coming out of the spout there's also while we're talking about the architecture of this platform house there's a ladder up to the top of the chimney that i'm pretty sure there's no way to access in game that ladder is just for show to as to show like the utility of the house to its occupants that's cool unless there's a weird like uh deku flower for you to pop out of somewhere i don't think so um and this is the home of the two hags koume and kotake yeah i love these ladies these are awesome ladies who are in this game in termina and the like we, we were talking in Clocktown about um transformations or like recontextualizations of characters uh, this is one of the most dramatic changes and one of the coolest changes because they were villains, yeah. a boss in Ocarina of Time. And now they're friendly NPCs who have nothing to do with Ganon or the Gerudo or with the like overarching big plot of the game. Um, they are just old ladies who have a potion shop and one of them runs the swamp tour shooting gallery they're old ladies with jobs yeah they're just existing as part of the world uh and they're great i love these i love them they're great uh, they should put them in more zelda games but they will yes. never do this they really should but i think they might put them in more zelda games i think that they um because they got to be in the oracles they feel like that, yeah. they feel like characters that would end up in like Cadence of Hyrule, but I don't think they're in that. No, they are. Kind are of. they? Okay. Yeah, they're one of the DLC bosses, Synthrova. Oh, there you go. See? Yeah. And they're actually more... the best boss. <laughs> they're really satisfying. Um although they don't really show up as the the characters you just no, see, but, see their pictures on the synth machine that you But have. even having Twin Rova show up as like a cool boss is a cool idea to me. Yes. I think that there is potential for them to show up in future games maybe with a big redesign. I think that like cuz they have to put someone in uh Breath of the Wild 2 though the normal like designs we have of Kome and Kotake with their being all like hunched up and with eyes that are the sides of Link's head uh wouldn't fly in that art style. But I think they could be like imagine like creepy old hags in the Breath of the Wild art style. Yeah. 
and then slowly imagine their costume changing until they become Koomen Katake. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, there's also, I mean, someday we will be like post Breath of the Wild and Zelda will start doing other things again. So who knows what's in store? I don't think so. Because I don't <laughs> think Breath of the Wild 2 will come out in any living human's natural lifetime. And it like our grandchildren will be like, this game is supposed to come out. I don't know who's working on it or what a game is, but it's supposed to be released for the Nintendo Switch in 3009. I, I mean, I know you're, you know, exaggerating a little bit. I don't even rate Breath of the Wild 2 as like that, like much of a never gonna happen game like that's a game that will happen next year probably i don't know i'm just not i'm not saying anything because i want it to be clean when i snip out this clip for our retrospective the episode will add to the (laughs) hero's path feed in 3009 we have to do a hero's path episode in like a month you don't even know yet it's gonna be great about I, never mind never mind i love having multiple feeds okay so uh, <laughs> um, uh kotake is here yeah kotake is the one at the potion shop and she's the blue one right yes because her name okay. is second <laughs> she's player two um and she is like where's my dang sister uh go like save her and does she give you the a red potion she not initially oh no oh that's uh, right this whole thing is ridiculous i hate yeah, having so to go through all there's, these steps as part of this preamble to eventually get to what's the first dungeon we have to go here find out that uh, find out that Ko, uh, kome is missing and then explore another area to find her and then come back to kotake to tell her what happened and then she'll give you a potion to bring to her sister a lot of back and forth. Yeah. And I like backtracking in games, but this is retreading like the same place over and over again in like the same five minutes. And I don't like this. I don't think it's too bad, but it uh, is if you already know the solution to this, you still have to do the steps, at least yeah. some of the steps. And it gets a little like cumbersome. The place where Koume is missing is in the woods of mystery which is the lost woods no it's not the lost woods it's the mysterious woods uh, the, the joke the joke there is in japanese it's the same name as the mysterious woods the mysterious woods from they're they're a little bit Link's mysterious Awakening. they're a little yeah. bit mysterious okay but it is, is a lost woods it is a lost woods so it's a grid of identical rooms or near identical woodland zones and this time, your way to figure out which is the correct path is you get led around by some monkeys. Who yeah. Want you to help. Zelda loves monkeys. Zelda loves monkeys. These monkeys always strike me as kind of weird and out of place. Mm. I mean, maybe in contrast to the monkeys that have come before this game in, in Link to the Past and Link's Awakening. But then 
this monkey design is sort of carried forward into Twilight Princess. Okay. Um, the, the, the thing is like the story function of these monkeys seems so like, we'll get into it later. Anyway, so monkeys are like, Hey, help us out. Follow us. And you follow them. And the fun thing about this version of the Lost Woods is that the correct path to reach Koume is, um, different on each day. Oh, I forget about this. You're right. And it's not like. You're just going to follow the monkeys anyway. <laughs> so it's only interesting for like weird edge cases. But yeah, um, you follow them and you find Kume stuck on. She fell down because Skull Kid like knocked her out of the sky and gave her a concussion or something. Uh, and she's enervated. She needs red potion to get up and go. So you have to go back to Kotake. Tell her the problem. Kotake gives you a red potion in a bottle. Now you have a bottle. Yeah. You need that later. Um, There's you, a lot of bottles in this game. Yes. It's, there are a lot of bottles in this game because there aren't as many items on the uh, equipment screen. Because so much of your equipment is masks, which have their own screen. So they were like, we have, there's all these spaces in the grid with nothing in them. So let's make more quests where you get bottles. Am I remembering right that there's one extra bottle in the 3DS version? I think they just added an extra bottle. I think there's at least one. There might be two extra bottles. I think it's just one. And it was just because okay. they, on their, that screen, they had one extra spot. <laughs> Must, we'll find out. When we do our episode about the inventory screen. You get the bottle, you take it back to Kome. I keep looking back at my notes to make sure I'm talking about the right one. And <laughs> she's like, all right, thanks for saving my life. Uh, let me know if you want a tour of the swamp. So go back to the uh, tourist information zone. And then now you can get a tour from uh, Kome as long as you're a human. No non-humans allowed uh, on the boat. Um, and then she like, you get this, <laughs> um, they play like the mini game music and you, uh, zoom through the swamp and you have an opportunity to take a picture of a big octo if you want. Yeah. And you see like the beautiful swamp. It's very like, again, it's very similar to jungle cruise isn't it zach uh yeah probably i don't know if i, I guess follow my theory that this game is directly based on disneyland then this is the jungle cruise portion <laughs> i can think of like i could probably come up with a list of like 10 games that are more directly based on disneyland than this one go do it uh, that NES game that's Magic Kingdom and Yokoshima Shimomura did the soundtrack for it. Okay, that's one. So you can do this mini game uh, again. Yes, after you okay, after you fix the swamp, then you can do the target shooting version of the mini game where Koume will run around like she'll fly around with a target for you to shoot with your boat. 
And if you do a good job and shoot the target a lot, she'll give you a piece of heart, I think. Something and like that. If you do a bad job and shoot Koume repeatedly, she will get mad at you. Yeah. Which is good. We should also uh, mention that when you take the boat around, that does destroy Big Octo. Yes. There's a weird what? gating thing where once you take it, because once Big Octo is destroyed, now you can take like a shortcut to get to the Deku Palace without taking the boat. Well, yeah, you weren't able Something. to get there before because it was blocked. Yeah. Or oh, right. filled with it's poison. It's blocked from both sides. It's yeah. so confusing. Um, the game wants you to do this before you can get to Deku Palace. Right. They got to make has... sure that you have done all this like baby quest stuff and you have yeah. a bottle and you've met the monkeys. <laughs> baby, you got to have your bottle. <laughs> um is there anything else i there's uh I, i'm sorry i'm I, I still want to be on the jungle cruise point oh let's go let's go um, sorry i'm not making the serious claim that this game is based on disneyland but there is um there definitely is disneyland like design principles in play there also is a weird like modern chintziness that's been deliberately applied to certain parts and possibly the pictograph box quest is part of that you are link the hero of time who slew ganon but you are not you have got to like take pictures on a tour of the swamp that's one of your quests um and while you're on this uh tour they're playing the tinny, like, Muzak version of the um, uh, minigame music that is uh, creating a sense of fakeness or artificiality, constructedness to this world. And it's a kind of modern, like, sheen on everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of places in Majora's Mask where they separate it from the noble high fantasy of Ocarina of Time by making it this uh, sort of modern and sort of tacky world instead. Yeah, anyway, I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, you take the boat and you uh, blow through a big octo. And then you get to the Deku Palace. There's a couple things back here on the backside of Woodfall. Uh, we do pass a frog who's one of the uh, five fabulous frog tenors or whatever they're called in this game. Yeah. Um, there's the the back half. That water is specifically poisonous. Oh, okay. Where some of the water leading up to it is not. Right, right. Again, uh, kind of confusing demarcations there. Uh, there's also some cool dragonfly enemies that I wanted to shout out. So, shout out. Those dragonfly enemies are, like, really annoying. They have electric tails for some reason. They do, like, the vicious attack where you get knocked way back. Um, which always messes up where you're trying to fly. Um, 
when you're flying around as Deku Link. So I don't like those dragonfly enemies at all. They're too well designed. The um, There's also a lot of great scenery back here in terms of um, there's like all these like plants coming out of the water that look like they have teeth. Um, there's carnivorous plants that will come into play more in the local dungeon. And there's um, big mangrove trees that block you from like exploring the entire swamp or like form the wall of the explorable area with their huge roots. And so they did a great job of creating a swamp area that is unlike any place in Ocarina of Time. There's a sense in which the Woodfall Zone kind of stands in for the forest zone of Ocarina of Time. But yeah. Uh, they don't do it in a lazy way. No, 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 no. Unless the Lost Woods counts. Uh, I think it specifically does in some ways that we should talk about when we are talking about the Dekus themselves. Mm. But maybe we'll get to that on a different episode. Thank you.